Hello, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me for the last Honey Child podcast episode of 2020. We made it. We made it. We made it. I am so privileged this uh, evening to have a very special guest who is no stranger to myself, but this is his first time being with me on my podcast. And I thought what would be an awesome way to end this year going into New Year uh, bringing my first guest um, in the person of my husband, Overseer Dwayne Myers. So if you wouldn't mind just celebrating him with me, I'm so privileged and honored to have him with me tonight. And so he's going to be my very special guest. And we're going to talk about a um, theme titled Leftovers. Leftovers. So just for those of you that uh, just want to hear his voice, I want you, babe, just to uh, greet the audience uh, this evening. Greet the Honey Child podcast audience, if you will, in your own way. It's very casual here. We are just laid back, um, very candid, but it's casual and comfortable. So just say hello to the people, if you don't mind. Well, good evening to our, our audience and to all of you that have been uh, supporting my wife's ministry and vision. Uh, this has been a tremendous blessing to so many of you. And uh, I celebrate her for what God is doing in her life. And I celebrate you for the change that's taken place in your life as a result, a result of what God has given unto her. So, hello. it's a little strange i know talking into a microphone where you don't have like a live audience but you'll get used to it so again um this has been a trying year for everyone 2020 has left no stone unturned from every seven continent of this world we have been uh all have one commonality and that has been experienced in this pandemic Uh, called coronavirus. And so for those of you that may be listening to the sound of my voice, I just want to say I'm so happy that you've made it, that we've made it, and we've made it not unscathed. We've made it, um, you know, without any adversity, without any challenges. But at the end of the day, we made it. All right. So that's that's a blessing all of itself. And so that's why I want to talk tonight. from again, the title leftovers, leftovers, leftovers. Um, in the Bible, John found in John chapter six, there's a story, a very familiar story for those of you that um, have gone to church. And for those of that who may have not, uh, just real quickly, this is a, one of the miracles Jesus performed. And this miracle is found in um, the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So these Four different accounts of the same story, uh, same event of Jesus's life are recorded in these four Gospels. And so today I just want to share with you out of uh, John 6. And just to give you a summary of the story, we have Jesus and amongst his disciples and a whole multitude of people are following him because he's performing miracles. And they are Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, people want to go where the action is. And so they realize that uh, for not only see the Messiah, but just for what he could do. Right. And that's how we are today. Like we follow people, not always because of their character, but because what they can do. 
celebrities or who they are because of not how, you know, integral they may live, but because of what they do. If they're a rapper, they're a singer, they're an entertainer in whatever capacity, if they are sports, you know, football player, basketball player, whatever. We love them for what they do. So just like we do today, these people were following him because of what he did. The miracles he was performing, he was healing people of diseases and opening blind eyes and just casting out devils. And so the people were like, this man is the truth. He must be the Messiah. And I'm sure amongst all those multitudes, we had those that really were just there for what he could do. What you say about that, babe? Well, I think it's the nature of man um, absent the presence of God in your life to, I'll put it like this, uh, get all you can get when you can get it. Right. For and nothing. For, for nothing. nothing. Well, that. you know, there's there's no better discount than free. Come on here. Right. And uh, I think a lot of people have taken that and applied it literally to their life, even as it comes, pertains to their walk with Christ. Let me get all I can get from him and give nothing back. Hmm. Yeah. So there's nothing new under the sun, right? So, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so we have this, this history and this pattern where people are following Jesus. Again, I'm sure there were those that really were disciples and loved him and thought of him being uh, not only a great teacher and prophet, but truly the Messiah, the anointed one. Um, but again, the multitude more than not were there for what he could do. And so the story goes on, they're following him. And then he begins to sit down and, uh, with his disciples and he sees the Lord crowds that had came. And, uh, he says, you know what, you know, where could we find some bread to feed these people? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one thing about Jesus. He's always concerned about people. It doesn't matter how large a crowd, how small a crowd. He is always concerned about people. Isn't that a hallmark of Christendom? Shouldn't we look like, be like, act like Jesus, where we are concerned about the people, concerned about if they're fed, not just spiritually, but at their bodies, right? Then he said, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was uh, thirsty. You didn't give me water to drink. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. This is a uh, 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 symbolic right trait mm-hmm. of Christendom because of what Jesus did. He's ministering, he's pouring out, he's extending himself, but he still looks at this crowd of people and he says, wow, how, how are we going to feed these people? Where can we buy some bread to feed this people? Okay. And um, he said this primarily, you know, the gospel and John talks about him saying it to Philip. Right. He asked him, Philip, because he already knew what he was going to do, being mm-hmm. God and all man. He already knew what he was going to do, the miracle he was going to perform. But the scripture says that he did it to stretch Philip's faith. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in our life, we, you know, Jesus asks us questions already knowing the answer, but he wants to stretch our faith. Like, what are you going to do with this situation? It looks impossible. All of these people here, there's no grocery store. I don't have any food on me. How are we going to feed these people, Philip? Is there is somewhere we could get some bread? Him being Jesus knew there was no way right around them. Of course, he know he's the bread of heaven himself. But being man too, he realized these people got to eat. These people got to eat. Don't you think the church at large would be better I'm not even talking about society, but church would be better if we had more people concerned about 
how are we going to feed these people? Yeah, one thing I love about Jesus, you said something that's very, very, very vital. You said he's always thinking about us. He's always caring about us. But I want to say this to you. Jesus is the perfect example of never, never straying from your assignment. In everything now, we, we have to realize that these are small things compared to what he's getting ready to do. Right. He's going to give his life, and we know that, on the cross. But he never strays from his assignment, even though his assignment basically, or his main assignment is to be on the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. But because he knows his assignment is to care for you and his love for you, he's saying, okay, I know while I'm here, but I've got to impact them before I deliver them. Oh, wow, that's good. Right, right, right. So we got to meet the natural need before we get to the spiritual need. Come on. Because that's why they followed him. They saw what he did, right? They saw what he did. So a lot of times he try to preach Jesus without being Jesus, meaning being his hands, his feet, right? Yep. In the earth. And so if we would focus more on being like Christ, right? Uh, putting on Christ and, and it, having that exemplified in what we do in service, right? We're not talking about just doing works, but we there should be some works that follow. Yeah, there, 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 definitely, there definitely should be some works that follow. I think one of the major problems in the church right now, we, we focus on doing the, um, the great things of God, mm -hmm. which is in front of people. Mm -hmm. But we never focus on doing the back end of God. Mm -hmm. The back end is, I know I can lay hands and deliver you. But you don't need to be delivered right now. You need to be fed. Right, right, right. I know I can touch you and you won't be blind. But you don't need to see right now. You need to be fed. Right. I know I can touch your legs and you'll be, you won't be lame anymore. You will be able to walk. But you don't need to walk right now. You need to be fed. Wow. So we have, you know, let's bring that up to, to, to 2020, right? This pandemic has been rocked people's lives. Unfortunately, many people have lost loved ones, lost friends as a result of this pandemic, lost jobs, lost a lot of different things. And so they've been looking to the government for assistance and been looking uh, for a lot of uh, resources, whether the church or whether um uh, organizations provided by the government or city or state to just help them, you know, meet their current needs, right? A lot of people, that's what they needed. The food bank lines have been extremely long. I mean, record-setting pantries are, you know, going bare because people, the immediate need is, yes, um, you know, somebody I know may be experiencing COVID, and yes, unfortunately, I've lost a loved one, and yes, I don't know, I'm going to pay my bills, but right now, today, I need to know how I'm going to feed myself and feed my family, right? I mean, I know I got to deal with the bills. I mean, it's going to be a reckoning in reference to what job I'm going to get or how I'll get to work. Some people lost, you know, cars and lost, you know, been evicted. But the, the, the basic necessities, one of the basic necessities of human beings of life existence is food and shelter and clothes. So it's like, okay, just like then, just like now, 
Jesus looking and seeing these people that have been following him, they're weary and they're tired. And he's saying, you know what? We've got to feed these people. So the scripture goes on to say in John six, um, that one of the disciples, Andrew, right? He goes and finds a little boy. He said, there's a little boy here, right? And, um, the little boy has some lunch, right? He has some lunch. His mother packed him a lunch. He has five barley loaves of bread and two fish. Now, this is what I believe. You got a crowd. The scripture says 5,000. That 5,000 is not including children and women. Correct. So I'm sure there were a lot of other people that had lunches, right? So I, I mean, you 5,000. I'm sure it wasn't this one person that had bread, but we don't want to add anything to the text. We, the text says that Andrew, right say there's a little boy here right so that will let us know that he went about probably looking and checking and seeing you know who had some food or maybe he found out he had food the scripture doesn't tell us how he knew that this little boy had five barley loaves of bread and two fish right but at the end of the day even though he had that it wasn't enough here's the here's the dilemma you have two fish five loaves 5,000 people, not including children and women. How the heck are you going to feed all these people with so little? And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. I mean, he's just bad all by himself. He comes and he says, he, he didn't even answer. He just says, you know what? Make the people sit down. Make them sit down. I want you to sit them down, okay? And about sit them down in companies of 5,000, right? So before he even dealt with their need of being hungry, he said, you know what? Let me establish some type of strategy and plan about how I'm going to feed them. Before you expect a miracle, understand that Jesus is already strategizing. And while you're weary and you're tired, he has a master plan about how he's going to get your miracle to you. Hmm. He's already planning how he's going to get your miracle to you. And listen, the miracle comes in the structure, in the order. The miracle comes with you following instructions. The miracle comes with you uh, trusting and obeying. The miracle comes in not that it was only five loaves and two fish. Before he even performed the miracle, he said, sit them down in companies. Let's get some order to what's happening here because I see them. But I need to organize. I need to administrate what I'm about to do. Let me tell you something. You may have been waiting before. It's, we're down to the last two days of this year. And you may have been waiting and you're anticipating. Can I tell you that Jesus is on the way? Your miracle is on the way. The answer is on the way. And just because he told you to sit down and organize yourself in a matter doesn't mean he's not coming. Oh. Mm. Can you imagine you got a whole crowd, right? That's like, okay, let's bring it to today. Black Lives Matter. You have thousands of people walking in the street, right? All types of weather, heat, 90 degrees. Black Lives Matter. We're marching for injustice. And I mean, thousands of people in the street and they've, you know, marched, you know, in places, let's say desolate places. Not like we live in today where, you know, there's a corner store everywhere, gas station. You could get something for your thirst or something to eat or veer off the path and just, you know, go to the convenience store. Imagine, if you will, that you have thousands of people walking for miles in the hot blazing sun for a cause. 
And the leader of the cause is like, all right, y'all, let's just take a break, right? Let's regroup. And then sitting down, regrouping, he looks and goes, these people, these people, they, they got to be thirsty. They got to be hungry. But, they, but they're all here. But he begins to tell them, all right, before we get you fed, let's separate you in companies. Let's separate you in companies. Hmm. Let's separate you in companies before I get you what you need. And see, sometimes we don't like that. We figure I've already walked. I'm already tired and I'm hungry. Now you're going to make me wait some more. Yes. We get impatient before we get the miracle because we feel like it's because we thirsty. We hungry. We tired that God's going to have a, you know, that's going to move him anymore. That that's going to move his hand anymore because we tired. We hungry and we thirsty. That doesn't always mean that he's going to come when you want to. Isn't it just like us? Here we are at the end of the year. Some of us still may not have jobs. Some of us still may have experienced the, the loss of a loved one. Some of us still may be, you know, soaking our, uh, our pillows with tears because this has not been what we expected to be. And we have no idea what 21 holds. And so we are saying to God, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to know what you're about to do. I need a miracle right now. And you're calling and you're praying and you're pleading and you're crying and you're thirsty. You're pitching a fit and a tantrum and you just wondering, does he not see me? Does he not hear? But the scripture lets us know that he's the one before they could even say they were hungry and tired. He already knew. Mm. Come on. The scripture lets us know before we even pray, he already has the answer. That's right. So while they were hungry and tired... The scripture doesn't say they began to say, we hungry, Jesus. It began to say he looked out and he said, okay, is there any way, anything around for us to feed these people? You don't think Jesus is trying to feed you still? You don't think in 2020, December 30th, he's still not trying to feed you? Do you think just because your natural resources have been removed challenged, slimmed, you may be furloughed, 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 you know, your relationship may have dissipated, your marriage may have dissolved, your children may just, you know, have abandoned you and turned away from the family and become estranged. Your church may be compromised. You yourself may look like you know, a, a patch of leather all put together on the outside, but you yourself are wasting away. Can I tell you that your miracle is on the way? What you got to say about that? I, I believe that uh, when you said in reference to preparation, I believe that this year has exposed the lack of preparation. Yes, definitely. Uh, when you talked about getting ready, I believe that even, even years before now, the Lord has put in a lot of our leaders and ministries a heart to start food pantries mm -hmm. um, because he knew this day was coming. Yes. And I knew, I, I believe we focus more on other things than the things that we needed to, to focus on to be ready mm. for this season. Mm -hmm. And so when this season came, the only thing that most of our churches could do is shut down mm. because they had no purpose to stay open, even if they could be open, mm. because the need that needed to be met, they couldn't meet. 
Wow. And so uh, in this season right now, where we are on the 30th of December, where we are is that God is saying, I'm still able to feed you because I can still see what you're not saying. Wow. What, what, I saw something earlier today and it said, some wake up to an alarm, others wake up to a calling. Mm. Right? So Jesus, you know, only, he only did 30 years, three years of ministry and he lived to be 33 and it wasn't, wasn't uh, until 30, he's really started his ministry. And so for three years, he was impactful and, and, and completed his assignment, as you said. But um, sometimes I think this year, not only the church, but just people by and far um, have awakened. You know, there's been an awakening, whether you're saved, unsaved, whether you black or white, whether, I mean, we have racial, social, economic, medical, all these challenges, kind of like the perfect storm this year has been. And it has awakened you to a calling. If you didn't think and know uh, what your purpose was or what you were called to do and your assignment this year, I believe has peeled back the layers and have, whether it has been by any means necessary out of necessity, but it has, I believe for everybody have given you a glimmer of a calling, a glimmer of your purpose. I mean, where you were blinded and closed eyes or closed mouth, or just, you know, thought that you were too old, thought you were you too young, thought you didn't have enough education, thought you were too educated, thought you came from the wrong side of tracks, thought you just, you know, were the upper echelon, you shouldn't be doing anything. It has leveled the playing field for all of us. And it has awakened a purpose in us to do what, you know, God has seated in us to do, but we have been hesitant hesitant, reluctant for a myriad of reasons. I believe, you know, 2020 has caused us and brought us to a place where we've allowed um, the eyes of our understanding to be opened and enlightened to see him in his fullness, right? Before we just was, we treated him like a, you know, a genie, like a Christmas, a Santa Claus, like a baby daddy, sugar daddy, and was like, I need you run to church, run to the pastor, run to prayer, and then get what you want and, and split you know, treat you like a one night stand. But 2020 has taught everybody, you know, um, to find that place in Christ where you can not only reside, but you can rest in because peace has been at a all time premium this year. Like if people could buy it, I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, being a pandemic, uh, online sales has skyrocketed, right? Because people haven't been able to go out. And so the online sales have, people have been made, making buku money, right? Online. E-commerce is like set records. Could you imagine if people could buy peace? Mm. It would be on back order forever. Yes, God. Especially this year. It would have been, it have been, on, I mean, regular stuff is on back order, right? Appliances, because we're using things so much more. But peace would have been back ordered. We couldn't keep up with the, the amount of peace, the request. The, you know, I'm an Amazon queen, so I'm always got stuff in my cart just sitting there for when I'm going to check out. But if peace, I can imagine if peace was an Amazon, you know, a Walmart, it would be at everybody's shopping cart all the time, every day, not just for yourself, but for your family members. On back order. On back order, right? And so, um, I love I love Jesus because the scripture goes on to say he make people sit down, right? And they get the the little boy's lunch, and I think that's so powerful that it wasn't 
the miracle, the, 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 before the miracle even happened, what he used came from something or somebody that was insignificant, right? And I don't mean children are insignificant, but I mean in the scheme of, of things, right? Here you have Jesus, disciples, men. The scripture doesn't talk about children and women until we get, begin to say that the disciple says, there's a little boy here, right? Sometimes your miracle is coming at the places you least expect it. It could be by the way of a child. It could be by the way of somebody that you thought didn't like you. It could be by the, by the way of somebody, you know, that you just, you know, you don't like. It could come anyway. But here we see that this little boy has five loaves and I'm sorry, has, uh, yes, five, two fish and five loaves. And that's all Jesus needed. And so he took the little and he made much. The scripture says that he told people to sit down. He took the bread and having given thanks, he break it and gave it to those who were in need. Okay. And he did the same with the fish. One thing I think 2020 has taught us is that whatever we have, whatever we are, whatever we not, we've got to give it to Jesus. And it's when he's, when he blesses it and breaks it. He breaks it and blesses it. That's the real miracle. Because it became multiplied only after it was broken and blessed by him. That's right. So it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have, right? We, we, we so busy looking at what we don't have, right? Or what we lost. 2020 has made us focus on our losses and not what we have left over. That's right. We are focused on, I lost my job. I lost my man. I lost my woman. I lost my child. And definitely I'm not diminishing any of this. You know, God, my heart goes out to you. Prayers continue for those who have really lost loved ones in the way of death and they've transitioned. I'm talking more figuratively like you've lost a, a relationship that's here or you've lost something, right? You've lost something. It cost you. 2020 has cost us all of something. Right. Some of us, it's cost us our joy. It's cost us our peace. It's cost us our dream. It's cost us our faith. It's cost us. You fill in the blank. 2020 has cost me. I've lost in 2020. You fill in the blank. But how many times do we sit down and really assess what's left over? See, we've been taught to, to check our gains. Like I got the bag and what if I gained? I got a new house. I got a new car. We're always looking for what we gain and don't really appreciate God for what's left over. What's left over. So the scripture says he blessed it. He broke it. He gave it out. Right. Uh, um, um, and that's a message in of itself, right? A lot of times we don't like to be broken, but this year has really broken us to a place where we are able to be a blessing to others. Where we were proud or where we may have been haughty, where we may have been stubborn. The breaking has caused us to share ourselves more with others than ever before. The fact that we were shut in an isolation, it caused us, right? For those that say they don't like people, it caused you to really start looking at the fact that, no, I really do like people. But the brokenness of being, you know, isolated or in a place of solitude has caused you to be a blessing. Now you appreciate people. You appreciate conversation. You appreciate your family. You appreciate your church. You appreciate your job. You appreciate being able to go out your door, walk to the park. You appreciate this land now. Yes, you know, 
we could talk a whole other podcast about the injustices of, of black people. I'm black. I understand. But I'm just talking about life in of itself and the liberties that we do have that we take for granted. And so the Bible lets us know still in John six, how he break the bread, blessed it and gave it and fed all of them. He doesn't only feed them, but he fed them to their fill till they were full. That's right. Fed them till they were full. And this is, I'm, I'm trying to get to the part where I really want to focus on it. And in verse 12 and 13, it says, and when they had eaten their fill, he said to the disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. Hmm. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. Hmm. We don't like leftovers. I'm just saying people, we don't, you know, you know, for those of you, let me just talk to the cooks in the house, which is probably moms most of the times. We cook meals and sometimes there's leftovers. And sometimes, you know, we have two, two, two groups of thought here. Some people like leftovers. They could appreciate a good leftover like myself and my husband and some of my children. And then you have some that just, you know, I heard people say, I don't eat leftovers. Right? Like, I don't know what that's about. But, you know, they like, I don't eat leftovers. I, it's the first day or no day. You know, that's your opinion and I get it. But there are blessings in leftovers. See, it's all how you look at it. Sometimes we look at leftovers like they ain't nothing. Like that's, you know, picked over, folk done picked over it. You know, I don't want what was already eaten off of. And we have this kind of, you know, self-righteous attitude. Like, "Mm -mm, I'm too good for the leftovers. If it ain't the first day, then it's no day, right? But I have a different thought about leftovers, right? To me, leftovers, you get especially certain food, right? Like collard greens, like lasagna, like chili. There's certain foods are so much better the day after. So much better a day or two after the seasonings have kind of gelled and how the flavors are just amplified and heightened and it has sat a little. It is it not already cooked and stewed. And it's, fr- I mean, come on. Leftovers to me are everything. Right. So the leftovers don't denote anything negative. Not to me, but leftovers really are overflow. Mm-hmm. Yes, Leftovers are overflow. Right. Because he in this text, it lets us know in John chapter six, verse 12 to 13. He says, gather the leftovers. So there is nothing wasted. Can I tell you? At this last few days, 72 hours, 48 hours left of this year, gather the leftovers of your life. Gather the leftovers of your business. Gather the leftovers of your dream. Gather the leftovers of COVID. Come on, because nothing shall be wasted. My God. My God. Can I say this? (laughs) When you said about the leftovers, I put us as leftovers. Come on. What do you, you say? You say you, us, you mean a couple? You I mean say us church? as a people of God. Oh, people of God. Okay. People of God. What do you mean? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, I believe it's 4 and 17. And it says, for those are we who remain, who are, who remain that are alive. Mm-hmm. For those who remain and that are alive. That means the first trumpet has sound, 
the ones that were dead has already been caught up. But just because we were second didn't mean that we weren't going to enjoy what the first enjoyed. What do you mean? Because I'm a leftover. I'm alive. I remained. But it does not mean that I will not enjoy what somebody before me enjoyed. What are you saying, man of God? I'm saying just because you may have been overlooked mm -hmm. and you may have been underestimated, mm -hmm. it does not mean you will not get your reward. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying today, before this year is out, if you trust God for what you have not gotten, God can do something for you even today. Mm. He can take even take your leftovers into next year mm -hmm. to make sure that even though you didn't get it all, you still he's still going to gather it up and save it for you so you will have what? What was leftovers now becomes overflow. Yes, 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 yes. So that 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 that's really what it's about. It's how you look at what's left over. What's left over doesn't have to mean rejection. And a lot of times we think leftover means rejection or something, you know, disliked or, you know, picked aside, pushed aside, the remains, the scraps, leftover the remnants. Left behind. Yeah, come on, right? And so leftover is really overflow because Jesus blessed them and fed them in such an abundance that there was so much left, not only so much left, but it was 12 large baskets full left. And we're not even going to go there about the 12, the number of 12, how, what, how powerful, what that means in of itself about the number 12. Um, but it was 12 large baskets. It wasn't just 12 baskets, but it was 12 large baskets. And so we know that 12 typically means uh, perfection or authority in a sense of government. So here we see him in the midst of, you almost want to say, I want to use lack of a better word, you got a group, chaos, right? Chaos. He brings order, he feeds, he blesses, and then he gives overflow. Just like he created this earth. Mm -hmm. He spoke it. It manifested. And then he told us, be fruitful and multiply, overflow. So God is always in the business of overflow. And so even with the, you know, he's El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So what's more than enough? It's what's left over. Let it spill over. Let it fill your cup till it's overflowing. That's what's left over because you take a cup and what you pour in it and whatever it's filled its capacity and what runs out of it is what's left over. Hmm. And so the leftover, there's a blessing in the leftovers. So I just wanted to jump on real quick with my husband and before this year closed out and just wanted to come to you and, and, and want to introduce you to him and two to encourage you to stay focused and understand that yes we had some losses this year and some of us had some tremendous gains but change your perspective 2020 has given us clarity of vision clarity of thought that when we look at our lives we will no longer you know feel pitiful or feel you know hold our head down but really look at it and say you know what god what's left over from this year i started out this way but now when i start looking back over my 
life, I find that things are left over. Look at your children and praise God. They're left over. They're still here. Come on. They've been left over from COVID. COVID didn't take them. They are left over. Amen. To live again. Your marriage may have been tried and tested, but it's still left over. Amen. To be redeemed. Your business may have struggled and got to the point where you were in the red every year, but you're still here in December and it's left over to thrive. Your ministry, your ministry, your dreams, your purpose, your ideas and goals may not have worked out the way you planned it this year because of everything out of your control, but it's still left over. It's left over for God to breathe on, for him to bless. He's already broken it down. He's about to bless it. So look for the overflow in what's left over. I mean, I think about, you know, my husband and my marriage, our marriage, right? We've been together for over 30 years and, you know, without any challenges, without, we have not been without challenges and, um, discouragement, disappointments on both sides. And it wasn't that we were so great and it wasn't that, you know, we had all the answers, but I believe it's the, it's being faithful to God even when we didn't want to be faithful to each other or our own selves, or at times have not been faithful to each other. I believe it's because we kept our hand in God's hands that, you know, we are left over for a witness for others to see that our marriage is still left. It's, it's a testament. It's a testament to God's grace and his mercy and his goodness and the overflow that can come out of what he's already given. Our lives have been broken to be shared with others. The Bible says we're living epistles to be read of men. Right. And so our lives should be such where it's broken, where others can see, eat from and partake of. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been blessed and fortunate in ministry. Some of the things that we always hear is that we've been transparent, um, kind of real, yeah. you know, not kind of we're real um, down to earth. You know, it is what it is. You know, we, there's no fluff, no hype, no pomp, no circumstance. And it is what it is to God be the glory. Um striving to be all that we can be but at the end of the day we understand that everything that God's done in us and through us and for us has been a leftover of something it's been a leftover of something right we've come to the marriage you know out of other relationships and what others thought was leftovers God said I see promise in that let me join you two together and make you great uh, amen. So that you can further on go on and make my name great because it's all about making him great, making his name great. He's already king of king and Lord of lords, but it's about making his name great in this earth. And so while we're tethered together in, in marriage and tethered together in family and tethered, tethered together in ministry, I think the beauty in it, of it all is that the least likely to succeed. Right. Would you say Amen. marriage at least likely probably voted least likely to succeed. We are left over as a witness and a testimony. But God, but God, you got any last parting words before we leave out of here uh, to share with the people about this, the leftovers, the scraps, the remnants that people, you know, you're 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 you have your own business, you're in construction and you know that you find some treasures with some remnants. Right. What people use for a particular project, they kind of cut up and throw away, not throw away, but they sometimes they do throw away because they figure like it, it didn't fit the purpose of what I attended. Right. And people do that to us. You may not fit the purpose of what they intended for their life. 
And so they say, okay, I have no more use of you. I needed you for this particular job. And you know what? I've used you up. I have no more need of you. Right. Many people have a lot of people have church hurt. Your church may have used you. Your pastor may have used you. Wives, your husbands may have used you. Children may have been misused and abused for whatever purpose that an individual had. Those of you that have been molested and violated, that person used you for their purpose and then left you and discarded you. You felt like a leftover. But can I tell you what they discarded and said was no more good, no more use? That God wants to bless and cause your life to overflow with goodness, prosperity, joy, peace, and love. So that for his name's sake, he'll be glorified. I want to encourage you tonight, um, as my wife stated, being a contractor by trade. Many times when I'm doing renovations, I will ask the homeowner, do you desire to keep this particular fixture or do you want me to throw it away? Mm. And many times they just say, Dwayne, throw it in the garbage. And I take the perspective, it's garbage to you, but it's usable to me. Mm. Trash to treasure. From trash Mm -hmm. to treasure. And what I want to encourage you is, It does not matter how many times you've been thrown away. It doesn't matter what location you've been thrown in. God will come and pick you out of trash. He will come and pull you out of the lowest dumps, the biggest dumps that you can find or you'll find yourself in. Brush you off and make you as brand new. So I'm telling you right now, God is getting ready to turn trash into treasure. Wow, what a good way to end this year. Again, thank you so much for joining me for the last Honey Child podcast. If this podcast has blessed you, I will that you would invite, would you share, would you like, would you leave a testimonial um, on anchor.fm. And again, I will see you and speak with you next week. I pray that you all be well till next time.